Hello and welcome to another episode of Pack One Pick One. This reaches you today, uh, January 13th, and I hope that you're safe and sound and that you're enjoying the snow, wintry weather out there, because next week is the pre-release for the new set of Ravnica Legions. It's time to take one last look at Guilds of Ravnica before I move on to the new set and pretend like this one never existed. Uh, this is going to have more of a limited focus about this set, like most episodes, but I'm going to briefly talk about some of the impacts that it had on other formats, too. But first, uh, looking back on the set, I have to say that my fa- favorite guild or archetype was between Demir and Boros, uh, pretty equally. I think that but in Limited, they were both very strong and had a lot of support for their mechanics at Common and Uncommon which is what I really look for, and uh, they both kind of had really different play styles, so it was nice to be able to shake things up while still being able to play strong decks. I liked how I could either play control or aggro, uh, depending on what was open, and that uh, had that good option there. For the guild or archetype rankings, I'd kind of have to say that, uh, for me, the it would start out as Boros at the top, close uh, followed by Demir, although they're kind of interchangeable in how strong I think they are. Uh, Golgari, uh, where had a lot of success actually, mainly because people would not like to draft green, and so it left that and the Selesnya guild open uh, very often, at least in my local metas. Uh, next up would be Izzet, which I actually did not draft much this set, mainly because I don't really favor the blue-red spells deck, and Boros and Demir were so good that I felt like I wouldn't need to go is it, because uh, I would usually have one of the other strong guilds to fall back on. And then Selesnya last. Not because I think they're bad, but unless um, I wasn't able to go in Demir or Boros, then uh, Selesnya was okay. I felt like it had strong cards, but you really did need to be the only player drafting it in your pod. If you're getting cut off, then it did make it a lot worse for if you had a Boros, Demir, or even Golgari deck and you were being cut, you could still have a pretty functional deck, even out with some of the less good commons and uncommons. I'd say that uh, the most drafted guild or archetype that I had in this set was probably Boros and then closely followed by Demir. Then actually, uh, Selesnya would be my next most drafted. I did tend to play that guild a lot, mostly because uh, in one of the metas that I play at, at Dice City Games, many people there don't like to draft Selesnya in this set, and I would frequently be getting 7th, 8th pick Let of Champions or other bombs in that guild, and that would lead me into that archetype. I didn't mind that because since many people wouldn't play it there, I would usually get hooked up with bomb cards and have really strong decks. But um, probably wasn't my go-to unless I open up an early Divine Intervention. Not Divine Intervention, Divine Visitation, which actually did happen in three drafts. Uh, either pack one, pick one, or within the first or two to three picks of a pack, I had gotten Divine Visitation. And super fun card, which actually leads me to my next comment about the set, which would be my favorite... Uh, draft moment or my best play, which is during a game uh, where I was in Selesnya, I had opened up a foil march of multitudes for pack one, 
and then immediately had gotten pack one, pick two past Divine Visitation. And at one point during the draft, I had Divine Visitation out, and I cast March of the Multitudes for 17 for the X cost at my opponent's end step and created 17 4-4 Flying Angels. And I pretty much won the game at that point. So that was awesome, uh, comboing out with two Mythics for an epic play. I actually don't think I've had as cool of a moment in draft in a very long time compared to that. So that was definitely a highlight of this set, and I think it'll be hard to top that for me in Ravnica Allegiance, just because I don't see any combos at the moment like that. But never know. Uh, that was probably like a one in a million moment for me, and it was definitely the highlight of this set as far as draft goes. Uh, but the worst play or draft moment that I had had to have been having two different Nightfell sprites and two Disinvo campaigns in a deck that I had, and losing to a Boros deck just curve out on me in a single round elimination tournament at a Star City Open. And because of that, I didn't get a chance to actually pull off any sick combos by attacking with Nightfell sprites and bouncing Disinformation campaigns for free and replaying them. So that was a downside, but it was probably the best Demir deck I ever had. It's just that I had a terrible matchup and didn't get a chance to play with it much after that. So it wasn't the worst deck. It was one of the better decks that I've had in this draft format, just one of the worst moments knowing that I had something so good and still lost with it. I gotta say, though, speaking of Disinformation Campaign, that's my favorite card in this set as far as Limited's concerned. I just feel that it was incredibly powerful, and because there was so much surveil synergy at common and uncommon, it was one of the better payoffs you could have. It would draw you, uh, with surveil, it would help you really uh, just choose your draws a lot better while taking your opponent's hand apart, and if you were able to pop it off even two or three times, you're probably going to be winning that game. So I think it was an insanely powerful card and probably one of the best cards in the set as far as Limited's concerned. So I'm going to miss that one a lot. I know that we do have a new Azorius card that's similar to it. However, it doesn't let your opponent discard cards, so I don't believe it's going to be as strong. The reason why Disinfo campaign is good is not just because it's a payoff for the many Surveil cards you have, and not even just because it lets you draw cards, but at the same time, it also hurts your opponent in a big way. So when you combine all three things, you just get a huge bomb. And making it an enchantment also makes it very difficult to remove in this set. Not many people were playing artifact and enchantment removal. And there wasn't much to go around to begin with. Uh, the least favorite card in the set, surprisingly, is Devious Cover-Up. Because I believe on the same day where I had the Double Nightfield Sprite, Double Sinfo campaign deck, I did another draft and... I found an opponent with an Is It Spells deck who was able to loop Devious Cover-Up about ooh, three or four times in a game against me, looping up Ionize and uh, the Demir Double Blue one generic counterspell, uh, Sinister Sabotage, I believe, with uh, just Devious Cover-Up after Devious Cover-Up. And they basically countered every spell I played for the next five turns. It was a pretty uh, pretty scary thing. I hadn't played against that before, and it was the only time in this format that I had played against it. But it was pretty terrifying. And just the frustration of going against it makes that my least favorite card. Although, 
Uh, I also have played against a Chamber Sentry twice in the five-color deck, and that's probably also tied for my least favorite card, because unless you can capture Sphere that creature and then keep them from killing their own creature to bring it back, it was probably one of the biggest nightmares I've had to deal with. I think uh, one game against a five-color Chamber Sentry deck, it had at least a 30-minute match, just due to how grindy it was. And that was, uh, it was pretty bad. But, um, finishing up with that little review of this set, I have to say that the new CCDD creature cycle for this set, that's going to be continued in Ravnica Allegiance, has to be my favorite new cycle, or just cycle of this set in general. I think it was really creative that the guilds have these creatures, and uh, even though I don't think many of the new ones are going to be as powerful, especially in limited, as the ones that we got in this set, I think that they're still going to be cool, um, but it's a very unique inventive cycle, and it's something that I'm grateful that it is carrying over into Ravnica Allegiance. So definitely the best one of the set, by far. Um, yeah, so overall, though, I think that the set, while good, definitely forced me to metagame my drafts a lot more than usual. What I mean by that is that I could guarantee about 80% of the time that at least one other player in a pod would be Boros or Demir, uh, or at least one player would be Boros, and then another player would probably be Demir, uh, just due to the power levels and support that these guilds had in draft. And it really required me to read the room and the signals for cards that were getting passed to me to figure out what was open and what wasn't, more than other formats where you usually have at least... Um, 10 different archetypes. I think many recent formats will always have at least one of the two color combinations as an archetype, so blue, white, red, black, etc. Uh, but this set, of course, only had five guilds and the two color supported, so it definitely meant that there were less open decks and support for a lot of the color combinations and archetypes. Uh, I also frequently play at a store where there are a lot of players who do favor it, so I tended to avoid that guild, uh, not really on power level, because it was alright, but or personal preference, even though admittedly I don't really favor it, uh, but because it was something I knew would essentially be cut from the get-go, just knowing the people that I tend to draft with there. And I actually tended to steer towards Selesnia decks at uh, the store that I play at, the main one, Dice City Games, just because they were very much underdrafted there, mainly because players would always be going for Demir or Izzet decks, or sometimes Boros decks as well. And I remember drafts where I would get past a multiple Amara Tandris, uh, not Tandris, but multiple Amara Soul of the Conclave, I believe. Yeah, multiple Amaras in one draft, uh, drafts on drafts getting past Bombs and Selesnya decks. So I tended to uh, look for that to be open more often than not, just because I knew that uh, there was a high chance of it and that people would be passing strong cards just because they didn't want to play the guild. And in fact, many of my 3-0s uh, for drafts in this set were playing the Selesnya decks. It was just that powerful. So I definitely felt like I was playing a game outside of the game as well here. And I don't know, I, I think that's really a positive, though, 
because had there been more than about five different archetypes really open or available in this set, I feel like that wouldn't be as necessary to really have to worry about that. Um, yeah, I definitely would have preferred, like I said, more archetypes to be available. I know that there was technically a six-gate-themed deck that was potentially playable with cards like Glaive of the Guild Pact, uh, the Gargoyle that was out there, Chamber Sentry, but most of the support, if not all of it, was uncommon or higher, so it was a very risky deck to get into and not one that you could guarantee you would always draft. So I'm not really going to go over that, uh, just because it wasn't really one of the main archetypes you could play, and it would not always come together in many drafts. But outside of draft, I think that this set definitely had an impact on other formats, especially modern, uh, with Arclight Phoenix going from essentially being a junk mythic to the most expensive card in the set, and also a very strong card in many modern decks, just due to its interaction with a lot of the cheap cantrips and spells that modern has, especially Faithless Looting. It's definitely made a huge impact on the format. Uh, the Shockland reprint, of course, definitely helped with lowering their prices because many modern decks rely on a Fetchland and Shockland mana base to really get the colors that they need. So it's great that we had the reprint, great that those cards are cheaper. If you don't already have them, then you definitely should pick up the ones that you still need. At least to have a playset, one of, uh, I'd say, at least four of every Shockland in this set, and same for the next set. Definitely you want four of each of them. Just for modern EDH decks, you name it, standard even. Uh, Assassin's Trophy is also definitely another huge hit from this set. And it was initially uh, by far the most hyped up card for the entire set. And it's really no wonder why uh, it's for only black and a green instant speed you can destroy any target permanent. Which is uh, just value that we haven't seen before. Your opponent does get a basic land from their deck, but when it, you compare it to blowing up a Tron land or a Karn on turn 3 or, or Teferi or some other huge threat, it's a really good deal for uh, Jund decks or even Junk decks, whatever's playing it. So as someone that does play Jund, I'm very happy this card exists, and it really gave the deck just another push that it needed, especially when dealing with some of its worst matchups. Uh, for standard, of course, I hope that you do have your playsets of Divine Visitation, because it's definitely gone up in price, with people speculating that with all the token support coming in Ravnica Legions from the Orzhov Guild, that it's going to have a big impact on standard and be a very strong combo piece, so that card's definitely going to be one to watch. Um, I would say that, of uh, course, EDH is pretty... It pretty much speaks for itself, like the new legends are always going to be popular in the set, but I don't really think many of them, aside from maybe Trostani or Niv Mizzet in some decks, have made a huge impact on the format. Um, so I think that there's some cool cards for Commander, probably like Divine Visitations, one of the bigger ones that have an effect on the set. But for the most part, uh, this set definitely had a few huge shakeups for Modern, and probably it will for Standard too, but we won't really see how that pans out for a little while. At least until Ravnica Allegiance comes out, and we'll see if these cards and those do any cool interactions together. So, uh, yeah, with that out of the way, I wanted to open up three last packs of this set. Just because I have not gotten to draft it for a couple weeks, so I didn't really get to do a farewell draft. 
But I figured I would do one last pack one pick one of Guilds of Ravnica. Just did one way to send it off because I probably will not be opening it for a little while. So let's open up these and see what's left. Okay. I won't open these um, just kind of in a vacuum because had I been at a uh, local store, I probably would be evaluating picks differently. But let's see what's here. So we have a Righteous Blow, a Vidalcan Mesmerist, Ornery Goblin, a Skyland Scout, a Vigor Spore Worm, Never Happened, Rosemane Centaur, Garrison Sergeant, Deadly Visit, Izzet Locket, Integrity Intervention, Price of Fame, Plaguecrafter, and Midnight Reaper. All right, for the rare. And Selesnia Gilgate as well. So, Midnight Reaper reads, uh, Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you and you draw a card. It's a 3-2 for two and a black, Zombie Knight. Strong card, I'd probably take this first, just to, due to the value engine it has. But I also would say that Price of Fame is an excellent card too. And I may even consider taking that first, actually. It's funny that in the same pack you had Price of Fame, Plague Crafter, and Deadly Visit. So... No matter what, you're going to be probably forcing your person to the left into playing some black deck, just due to the quality of the removal in that set. So I think you would almost have to take Price of Fame if you wanted to play black, just because they'll see that and they'll immediately assume that it's wide open, and I wouldn't blame them. So, alright, pack two. We have Cosmotronic Wave, a Sworn Companions, a Wall of Mist, Wojak a Bodyguard, Veiled Shade, Selesnia Locket, Direct Current, Izzet Locket, Deadly Vest again, wow. Uh, invert Invent. So we do have a foil on this pack. Uh, City Watch Sphinx, Glowspore Shaman, and. Ooh, Watery Grave, nice. The Blue Black Shockland, excellent. It's probably a pack one pick one there. As long as you're not playing on Magic Online, then it's definitely worth taking the value, just because it's one card in your draft, and they're still playable, for sure, if you go into that guild. Uh, I mean, Deadly Visit is a strong card, but, you know, one if the card's worth, like, almost two packs or more of your draft, then it's definitely a good EV choice to take it. So unless the foil was something really amazing, then you would definitely take the Watery Grave here, if you looked at value, and I think it's a good choice. And, ooh! We have a foil, Price of Fame. So it's interesting, two packs in a row have had Price of Fame and Deadly Visit in them. That's a, uh, wow. This pool is just seeded towards Demir decks, Jesus. Of course, if this was a much higher level draft and I already had the first Price of Fame, I'd snap pick the second one, even if uh, it meant passing the watery grave. But due to the level, like local LGS I play at, it's not something I really consider. Uh, yeah, so for pack three, we have a Sworn Companions, a Maximize Altitude, Crushing Canopy, Barrier Bones, Hypothesis, Prey Upon, Hammer Dropper, Demir Locket, Luminous Bonds, Candlelight Vigil, Crackling Drake. This card's actually, uh, seen some playing Modern. Pretty surprised at that. Didn't really think it was that strong, but apparently it's a pretty popular deck right now. Uh, we have Crush Contraband. Okran Assassin and Final Rare Mythic is Amara, Soul of the Accord. Hey, I was talking about that earlier, and yeah, I would happily take this one, pack one, pick one, especially at the stores that I play at. We also have a Demir Gilm Gate, of course. Uh, but yeah, it's a super strong card. It's 
green white for a 2 2 legendary elf cleric. Whenever it's tapped, you create a 1 1 white soldier with a token with lifelink. Very strong card, especially in this set, and one I'd be happy to take pretty much any time. Wow. So uh, that was actually a pretty nice way to wrap up doing an opening for these sets. It was really nice being able to get a shock land there, too. Because it's always good to have value, interesting cards. But yeah, that kind of wraps up everything that I'm going to be talking about for Goats Ravnica for at least a long time. I may sporadically open packs here or there, but for the most part, it's going to be focused on Ravnica Allegiance. And next time in this coming week, I'm going to be doing a set review of Ravnica Allegiance. Where I'll go over the guilds, their mechanics, some interesting or notable cards in the set uh, at first glance. But I won't be doing like a four or five hour episode like some other uh, magic podcasts do. Just due to the time constraints that would cause. But yeah, look for that set review, which I'll definitely get out before pre-release weekend. And in that episode, I'll also actually be announcing the details of the next giveaway for this podcast. And it's, uh, like I said before, definitely going to be an exciting one. You will not want to miss it. Uh, it's going to be some awesome stuff in there. So in the link to this podcast and the description, I'm going to include the link to this podcast Facebook page, which you should definitely check out. And uh, the best way for you to support this podcast, honestly, because it's a very uh, local, small-time effort, just share it with any uh, friends, people that you know that are interested in getting more magic content. And yeah, I'd be happy to have more viewers with that. Feel free to leave any comments that you want. You can reach out to us, of course, at packonepickone at gmail.com. And I'll if you do send out an email or a comment on Facebook, I'll definitely get back to you pretty quickly. So, yeah, look forward to the next episode. Uh, thanks for listening.